Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to say yes to David. David Shannon, that is. David is the celebrated creator of more than 35 picture books, including No, David, David Goes to School, and David Gets in Trouble. We'll talk with the artist about his award-winning work and his latest title for young readers, Grow Up, David. It arrives 20 years after the 1998 publication of No, David, a Caldecott honor book about a mischievous boy with pointy teeth. We'll ask David if the precocious youngster who breaks all the rules and has won the hearts of kids everywhere is finally going to grow up. We hope not. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Congratulations on your new title. Grow up, David. Yeah, it's only taken 20 years. Well, I'd like to back up a little bit and have you tell us what inspired you to write No, David, your first title about this mischievous little guy. Well, it was actually inspired by a book I made when I was a really little kid. And in that, it was only eight pages long. And it was a bunch of drawings I did of me doing things I wasn't supposed to do. And the only words in it were no and David. That was basically all I knew how to spell at the time. So my mom kept that and showed it to me after I'd started doing children's books. She, she has this magic closet that she goes into once in a while and pulls things out of my past, <laughs> pulls embarrassing things out. And so she showed me this and I said, you know, that might make a, a good children's book. So... I wrote a few more words, and I drew new pictures, and that's where No David came from. What a wonderful story. Could you describe the character of David? David never does anything that most kids haven't at least thought of doing. The only thing unusual about him is that he does all of them. This may explain why so many kids relate to him. <laughs> I think so. And speaking of that, of how children do relate to David, could you reflect a bit on what the past 20 years have been like since No David first came out? I'd love to just sort of thank all the kids and teachers and librarians and parents that have made David last for 20 years and have had fun with him over all this time. That's the, the uh, most rewarding thing for me is is seeing people dressing up like David and doing projects about David and drawing him. And the fact that they have so much fun with that little troublemaker is, uh, is a real kick for me. That's very true. I loved seeing illustrations, drawings that kids had done of David. Oh, you know, I, I have a whole collection of, of no David books by kids and by, by classrooms and whatever. And <laughs> they are, they are so great. They sort of keep, keep my outlook on David fresh just by seeing them. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great uh, to hear. It, it's amazing what, what kids sort of project onto that character. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the funniest things kids have said to you about David, their funniest observations? Well, you know, one of the funniest things is, is that, and this goes into sort of the power of reading 
too, is that really little kids that don't know how to read yet, they memorize David because it's only about 45 words. And then they quote unquote, read it to me. And they always change it a little bit according to what they hear around the house. So like in the book, when David picks his nose, it says, stop that this instant. But a, a little kid will be reading, you know, sort of reading that to me. And they'll say, get your finger out of your nose. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they hear. That's just that's another one of those timeless phrases. Now, tell us about your latest picture book, Grow Up David. What made you want to revisit this character? Well, I wasn't going to do any more David books. I like to, uh, I like to keep trying new things. And, and the previous David books all explored different tiers or different authority figures, different sets of rules and, and different timeless phrases of being told no. Um, and I'd really, I, I thought I was moving on, but this year is the 20th anniversary of No David. And it's also the 25th anniversary of my editor, Bonnie Verberg's imprint, Blue Sky Press. So she was kind of nudging me and saying, boy, I'd sure like to have a No David book for my 25th anniversary. And I said, oh, I don't know about that. And, but then I started thinking about it, and I'd been kicking around an idea of a book about the relationship between two brothers. And I realized that that fit in into the David mold perfectly because your big brother, I have a big brother, so that's how I set it up. And a big brother is a different sort of authority figure. Your older sibling has a, it has a strange sort of power over the younger sibling. The younger, the younger brother tries to, um, he wants to be like him and do the things that the older brother can do. But on the other hand, they also torment each other. One of the, the things I thought was interesting is that since David deals with rules, an interesting thing is that the two brothers have different sets of rules. And that's where a lot of the conflict comes in is, is that the, uh, the older brother can do things the younger brother isn't allowed to do, but the younger brother can get away with things that the older brother can't. That used to drive my brother crazy. Well, your brother gets the dedication in the book, which is very sweet. Yeah. Well, I had, I had to do something. <laughs> Just how autobiographical is this? Uh, it is fairly auto. I mean, I always refer to David as semi-autobiographical because I, I start with my own experience, but I'm, I also sort of fold in things that my nephew did or my friends did. And, and in my neighborhood, almost everybody had a, a big sibling too. So I took some things from, from other people and put them all together. Well, it came out beautifully. How has the character of David changed in the past few decades, if at all? And is he finally going to grow up? Well, it's kind of funny. David doesn't have a very big arc, does he? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't change too much. But I do get the feeling that in Grow Up, David, unlike the other books, he really does, he does grow up a little bit and and so does his brother because in the end they're getting along yeah so david's matured a little bit and his brother has actually matured a little less you know we used to we used to call my brother mr maturity 
because he was always telling me to grow up and that's so childish <laughs> stuff like that. And so the older brother kind of learns that, you know, he doesn't have to be such a, such a grown up. Oh, yeah. Got it. I have a big sister, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing is that I think no David surprise surprised me a little bit in that girls liked it so much. Yeah. I think grow up David is going to appeal to any sets of siblings, whether they're brothers or sisters or a brother and a sister. Um, I've sort of been taking an informal poll and, and uh, parts of the, the sibling dynamic are there no matter what. Are there any family pets in here? We've, we've discussed the siblings. I know you had a beloved dog. Oh, Fergus. Yeah, Fergus is in here. I can't remember exactly where I put him in there, but he's there. So, yeah, Fergus passed away a couple of years ago, but he was he was 19 years old. Oh. And uh, for all you kids out there, that's 133 in dog years. So he had a very, yeah, he had a very long life. And um, now we have a new dog that's this, the same kind of dog, but completely different. His name is Roy. And my wife says uh, the difference between the two, they're, they're very different dogs except for how they look. But my wife says that Fergus thought he was a human and Roy thinks we're dogs. <laughs> so that's the, that's the main, you know, and Fer Fergus was rather dignified and um, was always thinking about things. And Roy is totally of the moment. And he, he, he's a little more like David. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I'm going to keep putting Fergus in all my books because so, uh, kids have a good time trying to find him. But don't tell Roy because he thinks it's him. <laughs> That's great. What kind of student were you in elementary school? Well, you know, I was a good student as far as grades went, not so much behavior-wise. <laughs> but I'm, I'm warning kids out there everywhere, think about it before you get straight A's in first grade. Because from then on, they're going to expect that from you. So you, you might want to throw in a B or two just to take the pressure off. It's funny because that's, that's another influence that my brother had that didn't really get in the book was that he was an extremely good student and really hardworking. That, that all goes into being Mr. Maturity. So when I came through grade school, it was the same teachers. I, I'm only... Uh, 20 months apart from him and uh, so they all expected me to do that too and uh, that was a lot of pressure I've never forgiven my brother for that <laughs> so I, I actually I have an extremely good relationship with my brother but it, you know back when we were kids it wasn't always that way I'd love to ask about your early career and how the character of David really represented a departure for you and something of a breakthrough yeah, it, it, it was a big departure. You know, there were a lot of things that went into coming up with No David at the time. For one thing, uh, I'd been doing enough books and enough. I'd started doing school visits and signings and things. So I'd been discovering how important reading is. And so this was kind of the first book that I did really with reading out loud or learning to read as one of the goals of the book. And then when um, I, I started trying, when I first started making the book, I was drawing it 
fairly realistically. The book that came just before No David was A Bad Case of Stripes. And that's drawn fairly realistically. It's a fantasy, but it's fairly realistic. And I tried drawing David like that, and it just fell really flat, and he lost all his personality. So I said, well, what is it about the that original book I made when I was a little kid that I was responding to? So I went back and looked at that, and I, I started trying to draw it like a five-year-old. And that's when the character really came to life. And uh, from then on, whenever I was stuck on anything, I I referred back to that original book. So that's where the drawing style, the pointy teeth, all that, that's where that comes from. The type, even the orange end papers are the color of the paper that the original one is drawn on. It's so distinctive. It's so you. Before you were a children's book illustrator, you were an editorial illustrator for publications like the New York Times. Is that right? Yeah, I was a freelance illustrator, editorial illustrator. So I was working for all kinds of publications. I lived in New York at the time. But I was doing very serious illustrations about socio-political subject matter. So I worked for the New York Times a lot, Time Magazine, Rolling Stone, a lot of different newspapers. But it was all about, you know, the Cold War or they were kind of dark paintings. So that's another thing. My palette got a lot more colorful. And it's interesting because I thought that the editorial stuff was was what I wanted to do and that it was making an impact on things. But once I started doing children's books, I realized that's what I'd always enjoyed doing. So like when I was a kid, if I was reading The Hobbit, there were drawings of hobbits and Gandalf and everything all over my room. And I also realized that teaching a kid to read was, or helping a kid to read was having a lot more impact than, <laughs> than scolding some president or something. You capture such an incredible depth of emotion in your illustrations in the faces of the people and the animals. How do you do that? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. That's, that's something I, I've been drawing. I mean, obviously, since, since there's that original No David, I think I was five when I made that. So I've always liked to draw. And one of the things I've always focused on was, was facial expressions. I just think it's really fun to draw faces. So a lot of it is kind of, it's feeling the expression inside when I'm drawing it. Uh, And (laughs) the funny part is that I kind of take on the expression externally when I'm drawing too. So my my wife will walk in and while I'm drawing, I've got this silly face on. She, She just rolls her eyes and walks out. And occasionally I'll use a mirror to get things right. But a lot of it is just, it's body and face in tandem, kind of body language and facial expressions to get across an idea. You know, one of the things that's kind of been nice about it is that I didn't, I didn't see this coming, but special needs kids have really responded to the David books, which I think is awesome. And I think one of the reasons is the, the facial expressions are so easy to read. Oh, gee, that's really something. Yeah, that's it's that's really a a, a gratifying oh. thing that's happened over the last twenty years with David, and like I said, that was a that was a surprise to me, but a very welcome surprise. And you know, uh, th- throughout the twenty years, I've I've learned more and more about the power of these books and the power of reading and 
and what they can do. I mean, when I, when I first started out, the audience I had in my head were kind of my friends. Um, <laughs> and the more I hung out with kids and read to them and everything, the more they became my audience. Oh, that's so lovely. When you see interesting faces, are you automatically tempted to sit down and draw them in your notebook? Well, you know, I don't usually take my sketchbook around with me like those, <laughs> like like real artists. Yeah, I'm, I don't sit in the cafe and draw people okay. except, but I do, I make mental notes. So when I, you know, when I see an interesting face, I'll just sort of go, wow, that's, that's, that's a great face right there. So that when I'm, um, when I'm drawing characters and when I'm coming up with characters, those things that I've just observed in daily life, they, they come out in, um, in those characters. And sometimes I don't know where, where the influence, I, I'm not conscious of, oh, well, this is Mr. So-and-so from next door. Like I did a book called How Georgie Radburn Saved Baseball and the, the villain in that, oh, he's a terrible man. His name is Boss Swaggart. And I didn't realize it until about six months after the book was finished. It was my sixth grade math teacher, Mr. McDougal. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And, I think, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure he knows. I think he knows, but he'd be really happy about that. He was a big Adams Family fan. What are you working on now? Well, I'm working on a book about Roy. My new dog, Roy. It's called Roy Digs Dirt, and he does. <laughs> and so I've had to, I've had to, to come up with sort of a different looking dog, even though Roy is the same kind of dog as Fergus. So I, I, I don't want to have two different dogs that look the same. So I've, I've changed his physical appearance, but hopefully I'm capturing his, his spirit and personality. Oh, that's just wonderful, David. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to David Shannon for joining us. And thank you for listening. To learn more about David's work, check the show notes or go to scholasticreads.com. Don't miss an episode of Scholastic Reads. Find us in your favorite podcast app and subscribe, and each episode will automatically be delivered to your phone. Special thanks to producer Emily Morrow, sound engineers Daniel Jordan and Chris Johnson, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberle. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time.